2: From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Ariana Bravo and this is the Autosport Podcast. It's Friday the 26th of March and Formula One is back. This morning the cars rolled out of the pit lane with Alonso first on track. Now if you felt that today's practice sessions were a little bit different to usual, then you wouldn't be wrong. This year, practice sessions have been reduced from 90 minutes to 60. So how did the day play out? Well, Max Verstappen topped both sessions and we also saw a strong performance from McLaren today with Lando Norris finishing third fastest in FP1 and second fastest in FP2. And to be honest, overall the field looked very competitive with less than a second covering the top 15 in FP2. I am Ariana Bravo and joining me today to discuss everything is Motorsport.com's F1 editor Jonathan Noble. Now John, how are you?
3: I'm all good, thank you very much. I quite enjoyed today actually for a, for a Friday practice session and we've had some boring ones in the past, but I loved it.
2: How did you find the shorter format?
3: I really liked it actually because sometimes you an hour and a half you often sit there the the teams will do virtually nothing for the first twenty minutes or so or boring installation laps and then in the afternoon will be lost in long runs and um, whereas I think today there was no they couldn't waste any time they had to mm-hmm. get out there they had to be doing stuff I think what may happen is we may get a pattern as the the season progresses in terms of when they do new tires and old tires or long runs and short runs. It was a bit mixed up today but it was really frantic uh, and I just thought it just had a little bit extra spice to it and you sense maybe teams have had to show a bit more a bit more pace than they normally would like to on a Friday
2: I feel like the sessions had a lot more energy than we're used to, like you said. And it was just nice to not have those gaps that you're used to on practice sessions where you're just sort of sitting around waiting for more to happen. And Maybe it's just the hype and excitement for, for us <laughs> being back of the cars on track, but I definitely loved it today. Now, ahead of today, of course, one of the biggest topics was how strong Red Bull looked and the fact that Mercedes weren't looking quite as good as what we're used to. Max Verstappen topped the sheets for both the sessions today. But what are your thoughts on how Red Bull are looking?
3: They're looking strong. I mean, I think Sergio Perez, his first race weekend for Red Bull, there's always going to be a bit of a kind of a, a big step for him to get in there. New car, new team, new concept, all that sort of thing. So he's he's admitted that single lap pace is lacking a bit at the moment. Doesn't think he's at one with the car. Thinks he's having probably having to overthink a little bit too much, which suggests the pace isn't coming naturally. To him, which is he's ended up six attempts off Max today, but for Max, kind of the the perfect start. Max is never someone who's going to sit there and say everything's brilliant. I'm totally happy. We're going to rock it, and this is our pole and our win. But I think for for his own personal start, um, it's very very good. I think he'd have preferred Mercedes to have had the kind of problems they had in testing. They've they seem to have made a, a bit of a step forward. But I still think it's it's looking like Red Bull are favourites right now.
2: So what do you think for the battle between Red Bull and Mercedes that everyone is gearing up for?
3: I think Red Bull have got the consistency. I think one of the key factors will be if Mercedes could potentially unlock that, that pace on a single lap. Um, they, they appear to have cured that, that rear imbalance that hounded them through testing. They mm-hmm. not don't seem to be so comfortable on long runs uh, and the instability you know, we we have seen could be exposed. The wind's supposed to change direction tomorrow and on Sunday um, could make things more difficult for them. But, you know, Merck have a history of struggling and then come Q3 on Saturday, suddenly, <laughs> bang, Lewis is there or Valtteri is there. So I think they, they will be hoping maybe the single lap pace can, you know, maybe dislodge Max from pole position. If they could kind of keep him back uh, on the grid, that could be their, their best hope of pulling something on Sunday. But I think if Max, you know, grabs pole position... He's looking very, very strong at the moment.
2: We heard Bottas saying in FP2 at, towards the end that the car was undrivable. Can you tell us a bit more about what he was referring to there?
3: Yeah, I think it was more. I think it wasn't a case of you know Valtteri saying the Mercedes car itself is undrivable and it's terrible and they need to dump <laughs> it in a scrap heap and get rid of it. I think it was more that 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 run they were doing with the tyres and the wind direction. Uh, it just went away from them. It just wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't where they expected it to be. So I think you know a lot of teams were experimenting today. We saw Alpine. You know, tried different aero aero maps and different settings, different concepts in the morning, which is why their pace was a bit, bit lower than we would perhaps have expected. I think all the teams were were trialling different things today, and the other difficulty with Bahrain is the, the morning session takes place in the blazing hot sunshine, yeah, and the the afternoon sessions in the in the cooler evening, um, when the wind also drops, and that's more representative of um, qualifying and race conditions. So mm-hmm. I think things are changing, car balance is changing. Things are moving around a lot, so it's, it's kind of hard hard to judge. So I think it wasn't a wasn't the perfect day for Mercedes, but I think they've got a, a glimmer of hope. And I think as Toto Wolf said, they've now found the path they need to go down to try to get to the bottom of what was what actually went wrong in testing.
2: Off the back of that, I'm sure that lots of the other teams are now not so optimistic <laughs> because I'm sure they're expecting Mercedes to just switch it round like they often do. I also want to talk about McLaren. As I said earlier on, they had a pretty strong day today. We saw Lando Norris especially putting in a good performance. Um, but he doesn't—he didn't sound afterwards like he was actually that pleased himself. I know that he said he didn't really have much confidence. Do you think that McLaren are going to be as competitive as they appeared if you were to just look at
3: the times today? Yeah, really big contrast because normally if if you rock up to the first race, having had quite a good, good test because the, the, the first test... You know, it was great for McLaren. They were consistently up there. If the track was hot, uh, if the track was cool, if the track, if the wind was blowing uh, as a headwind down the main straight or a tailwind down the main straight, that car seemed quick and consistent and reliable. Uh, and they've turned up today. Lando was third fastest and second fastest, so mm-hmm. the, you know they appear to be on pace today in the mix with Red Bull and Mercedes. But hearing Lando speak afterwards, you know, quite downbeat about the car, saying it's lacking confidence, it's not giving him the, the feel he wants. Um, Danny Ricciardo's echoed those feelings as well, saying there's just something something missing from that car that doesn't feel there. But I also think of racing cars sometimes that, you know, it's, it's not always the case that a fast car is easy to drive or an yeah. equally, a, you know, a racing driver doesn't want a comfortable car that's really, really slow. So, you know, it be interesting if this is a characteristic of this McLaren that it's potentially quick, but you know, not particularly easy to drive at the limit or was today something to do with track conditions and wind conditions, um, tyres or just some setup tweak they they need to find. So I don't think, I mean, I'd be surprised after the winter we've had and the gap they had over last year if McLaren have suddenly made a huge step and can mix it with Mercedes and Red Bull um, in that fight at the front for, for wins. But I mean, it would be fantastic if the grid is as close as it's been today. Um, totally but I think we'll know an awful lot more tomorrow and it's that you know old thing that you come out of testing and people say wait for Q3 and then we get to Q3 and then people say oh will wait for the race and then we have the first race <laughs> and then people say wait for three more races but um, I think we'll know an awful lot more tomorrow.
2: And what about Aston Martin? Before this a lot of people were discussing McLaren and Aston Martin and how they would shape up against each other but today McLaren obviously came across a lot stronger What did you notice from how Aston Martin were running today?
3: Yeah, they had a quite tricky first test, which wasn't helped by reliability problems. Sebastian Vettel had the gearbox failure and also had a Mm. a turbo problem on the final day, so their their mileage was down. Um, And they appear to have made a bit of a a step back, considering how strong that, what was then the racing point car was at the end of last year. But I just wonder if they've been hit by the same problem that Mercedes have faced, that these new aero rules that have come in this year with the, the floor changes appear to have hurt the low-rate cars more. Um, I think the way they were sealing the underside of the car and the diffuser and generating that downforce under the car has been hit more by those who can no longer use all these slots and holes and clever stuff down the side of the floor, rather than the the Red Bull high-rate concept where you, you generate that force simply by having a, a larger diffuser area at the rear because you're, the rear of your car is higher up. So I wonder if that's why Aston Martin have taken a bit of a step back So far, we saw them running, you know, a quite aggressive new floor here today. So obviously trying to regain that downforce. So I don't think they look in a stronger position as McLaren, potentially not even Alfa Tauri. I mean, Sonoda's had a great day. So I think, you know, it may take some time for, just as Mercedes thinks it's going to take some time for them to fully get back on the pace we may see the same story of Aston Martin.
2: Let's talk about Sonoda a bit more because I feel like everyone was really excited uh, by his outings today, and he put in a good. He put in two good runs with the times that he ended up with. Um, what do you think for him once we actually get into the swing of things? Do you think there is a case that some of the other drivers are maybe not biding their time, but they're not just going flat out today? Whereas he was really trying to impress, seeing as it's his um, first weekend within F1 or do you think that actually yeah we've got we've got one to watch there
3: I think we've got a quite quite exciting one to watch actually because it just seems that sometimes these drivers arrive with huge hype because of results if they've you know dominated karting and they dominate Formula 3 and dominate Formula 2 and they, they arrive as these these stars and superstars in, in the sense of like when Max Verstappen arrived or Charles Leclerc and then you've got someone like Yuki, who kind of transformed his image and career last year in Formula 2, where there wasn't much hype beforehand, but he did a quite impressive campaign, not stellar, but quite impressive, and it finished very strongly. But since he stepped up to Formula 1, there's just this this buzz and excitement around him, that, um, you know, his stature, the way he holds himself, that little kind of the, the DRS trick, so to speak, in testing, or his opening DRS early um, not deliberately to try and you know get around the rules or cheat or get a faster lap time, just because he thought everyone else was doing it, and it's what happened. So, just drivers are creating stories. And we heard on the team radio today is that he's not afraid to let rip <laughs> with a few swear words. Um, Love that. But the, the pace, the pace is strong. So I think think someone who's not showing sure they're not afraid to to push to the limit, they're not afraid to be who they are in a car that looks fairly strong. So I'm going to be really fascinated to see how how he goes. Uh, and especially how things stack up with him himself and Pierre Gasly.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to see how they both do this year because, as I said um, in the previous podcast, I feel like everyone's still really rooting for Gasly after the year he had last year. So everyone's really excited for him. And now we're seeing Sonoda, who is ready to leave his mark and i think we're going to see a really exciting driver lineup there i'm hoping that they're able to get stuck in um in the midfield and we're going to see some really exciting battles but i guess time will tell but we did notice how close the field was today and i've seen on social media people are going crazy with excitement about the prospect of having such a close field and all these battles do you think that we're going to see the field staying as close as we did today? Or do you think as things pan out over this weekend, especially, things will sort of separate a little bit and the strengths and weaknesses will be a bit more exacerbated?
3: Uh, I'd like to think it stay as close. I mean, I, I remember when I covered touring cars in the 90s and, you know, it used to be one of its big selling points is that the top 15, top 20 were covered by one second. And mm-hmm. that's what we're, we're having in Formula at the moment, which is incredible. Uh, really. Um, you know, you sense Mercedes has been pegged back a bit um, and if the if the midfield team like McLaren has made a, a bit of a step forward and, and you know, Red Red Bull's re- remained fairly static uh, on that front, then actually that would lead to a compressed field. Uh, and if it does stay like that, I think it would be amazing because what will happen is that no team will be able to operate in a comfort zone, that they're going to have to take things to extremes that the you know the drivers are going to have to be on their limit all the time. The teams are going to, have to be on the limit with setup all the time, with tyres all the time, um, pushing on with you know any updates they can bring. And when people are pushed to the limit, so mistakes happen. So when things go wrong, it's when we see you know the the good from the bad and the the brilliant from the good. Uh, so I think if we can have a, an F1 season that's this close, that's exposing weaknesses, that's exposing brilliance, uh, I think it'll be incredible.
2: I hope it is like that too. I feel like, especially with the new fans that Formula One is attracting through things like Drive to Survive, it would be really, really great if we could then present a season that is closer and it's more competitive and it is more of the battles that we've often wished for but haven't (laughs) been given because of the dominance of Mercedes and and even Red Bull. So it just means they're sort of just in a league of their own, doing their own battle while everyone else is farther down, um, fighting for the midfield points. Were there any teams or individuals that you actually were a bit surprised at and maybe you think maybe they should be a little bit more concerned with how they performed today? We've spoken about the strong ones, but what about those who didn't fare so well?
3: I think maybe the team that hasn't shown as well as it potentially could have done is Alpine, really. I think Mm. no one's expecting, I think everyone's expecting it has to be at the bottom because they've not developed the car. There aren't the upgrades coming. They've got two rookies um, I think they understand and accept that this is not a season where they're they're looking to move forward and move up in the constructors. It's a year of sacrifice almost, uh, to you know make the way for a much better 2022. Williams is trying to push up, but you know, he's not expecting dramatic difference and it's in that fight with eighth place with Alpha. But I think Alpine, you know, has arrived with some big hype. It's got Fernando Alonso. Uh, it's got an improved Esteban Ocon. This is a team that, you know, should be battling at the top end of the midfield. It was in contention for third place in the constructors last year, but we've not seen anything particularly special from it today. We didn't see anything particularly special from it in testing. Um, and if the field is as close as it is, if were, you know, if it is one second difference between the top and say seventh place uh, in the constructors championship. And Alpine's Alpine's lost one temp or two temps adrift of another team, then that could make all the difference. So, um, I think I've said before in podcasts and other stuff. I think this this is a season where you can do an incredible job, be battling for third place in the constructors for much of the year, and just the way things pan out, and a handful of points can drop you all the way down to seventh and at the back end of the midfield. So, I think there is going to someone, however it all shakes out someone in that midfield is going to end up seventh and be really, really disappointed, even though they're going to be ridiculously close to third place pace- yeah. pace-wise.
2: those margins are going to are going to be so exciting for us, but for the teams, it is going to make it feel so much more sour for those who do come out at the bottom, because it, I really do think there could be nothing in it as such. For tomorrow, for qualifying, based off of what we saw today, more in effort, to because as we said, that's more representative of how things will unfold tomorrow. Verstappen is one of the go-tos to say, but do you think that actually it will be closer than we're anticipating, maybe between him and Lewis, or him and Valtteri, or do you think that actually, no, I think Max is looking pretty secure in this?
3: Yeah, I think, I think if, if Sergio is struggling on single lap pace, then I don't think mm. you can expect him to come in and out-qualify Max in race one unless something goes drastically wrong for Max so I think you're looking still looking at one Red Bull V2 Mercedes for the top three um, I just think the way the Mercedes momentum is going at the moment and the way Red Bull's had such a, a strong run so far and everything seems to be working uh, I think you're probably going to have to put Max on pole here and I think Mercedes still have a, a lot more work to do, and I'm sure they'll throw everything at it tomorrow. And Lewis will be his brilliant best again. And it may come down to you know, less than one tenth of a second at the end of it. But you know, Max is in the zone. Red Bull's got a car it needs, uh, and I think the importance of the the first race, the psychological boost it would give Red Bull, Max Verstappen, knowing that this is this is the opportunity that you know all his time in Formula One. Every time he's come into a season, Red Bull's always been on the back foot. Things haven't gone right. Now he's got the opportunity. He's never had a better chance to kickstart the season with the pole and win he needs. So I think I'm just just going to put it on on him for tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I feel like Max, especially, must be going into it quietly confident tomorrow, even though he doesn't want to say it. And, you know, they have been cautious uh, from testing up until today to say that they think that Mercedes will be stronger and they may pull something out of the bag. I'm sure that he must be quietly confident after how today has panned out. And I I do feel like it is probably gonna end up with him on pole. Maybe proven wrong, happy to be proven wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's putting in a strong performance today. And as you said, I think that that will really set the tone for him psychologically. And going forward, he's just going to be really, really determined if he's able to start on such a strong footing. But that is our podcast for today. We will be back tomorrow and we'll see who has ended up on pole and whether we were right with our predictions or not. But before we go, here is what you can see right now on Autosport Plus. Alex Kalinokos has analysed the data and asks if this year is Red Bull's best chance to beat Mercedes. Stuart Codling writes about why it's make or break for the rookies. The shortest preseason in F1 history will have done little to settle the nerves for Yuki Tsunoda, Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher. And you've just heard from Jonathan Noble, and now you can read his piece on why the latest appointment at Williams shows that they are on a mission to preserve the team's family feel. New subscribers who sign up today can use the promo code PODCAST during checkout to save 50% off their first payment. Go to autosport.com forward slash plus and click sign in at the top of the page. Use the promo code podcast and grab yourself that 50% discount. We will be back tomorrow to tell you all about how qualifying an FP3 went.